Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. My name is Dr. Lulu. I'm yours truly, your host, the momatrician. We're here going to talk about, and we're going to talk about suicide and depression and bullying and all of the stuff that happened to our children and how, hopefully, how we can cope. We have another beautiful guest with us today. Her name is Andrea A. Moore. She is a grief coach. Last month, her daughter's friend, only 14, took their lives by suicide. So she's going to be giving us the story or her version of the story, at least, from the angle or from the corner of a mother watching. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Miss Andrea A. Moore to tell us her story. Ms. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. I really, truly appreciate this. Thank you for agreeing to write on a page in my Suicide Pages book. And I'm just praying and hoping that we'll get the right guidance and the right spirit to be able to make it happen. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. So where would you like to start your story? Where would you like to start? You can start from when? When your parents met, you can start from before you were. <laughs> you can start from when you were a teenager. Wherever you would like to start. Okay. Okay. Oh, so I am Andrea A. Moore, like Dr. Lulu said. I am an intuitive grief coach, and I help women and siblings delegate their grief through journaling, becoming an author, and coaching. And I want to talk about the realm of grief and how and when grief and I personally met head on. So in 2008, my 37-year-old sister was diagnosed her second time with breast cancer. And this is when her and I had these candid conversations like where we're going to move when she becomes healthy. What are we going to do when our parents get older? Who's going to take care of who and things like that? But unfortunately, two years later, my sister never got to move. She will never see her son graduate from college, high school, middle school. She will not see her nieces and nephews excel in life 
life and she won't see me turn 40 because June 13th of 2010 was when grief and I met head on. And that definitely is uh, one of the hardest days I personally have ever faced. It was the hardest days my kids had to face because yeah. it's just me and my sister. That's it. Wow. I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so my children, and I'm going to talk today about my daughter. My daughter is my emotional being. She <laughs> cries watching Lifetime movies. She is very eclectic, very happy kid. And although in 2010, for most people would be like, well, she was four around the time my sister passed away. But truth is, she spent a lot of time with her. My daughter looks like my sister, <laughs> acts like her and everything. My daughter doesn't do well with, with passing of people that she loves and cares about. Now, when I say that, I mean, it's like a whole situation. It's um, depression. It's crying a lot. It's, it's a lot. And as a parent, you want to take that pain away. That's what you want to do. You want to say, all right, baby, let me have that pain. Unfortunately, this is where it gets real. The grief process is a process. And for a kid, they're not understanding what's happening. Why? They want to know why does this happen? Why my friend? Why my sister? Why my cousin? Whatever the case may be. So during my grief process, I learned something. I learned two things. The first thing I learned is that I have to allow myself to process. And the second thing is I have to allow myself to feel. And here I am. In 2019, I am doing what God has me to do. I would have never imagined in a million years I would be helping women and siblings delegate their grief. But I do now understand why. I needed to go through some things so I could see my sole purpose. My sole purpose is to help other people through their grief process. But what God uh, probably prepared me for more than anything is to watch my daughter go through her grief process with her friend who committed suicide about a month ago. And I will tell wow. you. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And here we are. <sighs> I was going to say that also for children, they tend to blame themselves. Mm -hmm. They tend to blame themselves for their auntie dying, blame themselves for their mother's divorce, blame themselves for their father losing his job. They will blame themselves. Yes. And so yep. that's another, for their friend dying, what could I have done differently? I mean, you know, we all blame ourselves, but kids more so. They don't understand mm -hmm. it. They don't know how to process it. And then they turn around and say, maybe because I took his candy last week or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. they just blame themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's an emotional journey for you. Yes. Yes. And especially with my daughter's friend, my daughter hadn't talked to her in about two weeks. So I couldn't tell you their last conversation. Right now, she hasn't told me. She did say that it wasn't bad or anything, but she felt like she should have called more. And I said, well, I mean, it's the summer. You know, school's out. You know, relationships get different when you're a kid, when you're in the summer. 
So I, that part, the, the blaming, I mean, that's right now where she, pretty much where she's at. So I said to her, I said, you know, you value your relationship with people, value them. That doesn't mean you have to talk every day, but just say, I love you. Or, hey, you know, I'm thinking about you today. And she just, my daughter, she looked at me and said, you're right, mom. I said, every once in a while, I throw a text out to someone I hadn't talked to. Hey, I just want to see how you're doing. Just let them know that you still care, even though you're not talking to them every day. Yeah, so that is a process in itself. And I'm so honored to be able to teach her that. Because that's something I had to learn as an adult. Just check on your people. You know, so, yeah. You know, I have a story like that. In the year 2000, when um, actually it's going to be, I don't know, in about five days or four days, I had a friend of mine that I called to see how she was doing. We hadn't spoken in at least a year or more. And her niece told me, oh, so-and-so blew her brains out a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That put me in labor with my middle son. That sure did. Mm -hmm. So, and I was like, oh my God, maybe I could have called two weeks ago. Maybe I could have called a month ago. Maybe, 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 maybe. That was my very mm -hmm. first contact with suicide. Mm -hmm. So I, I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. So how is she doing now, your daughter, that is? Today is a good day. Um, she just expressed to me this morning she's ready to go school shopping. Of course, I'm staring at her like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, her and I talked about her friend a few days ago, and... She is so much like myself and my sister as far as like trying to understand that she's mind boggling herself. She's making her brain hurt. So I'm going, you know, I let her know, you know, some things it's not meant for us to understand. Sometimes we got to yes. go through these journeys for something way bigger and way more purposeful than we even know at this moment. So even if right now all you can see is, okay, God, you're showing me to live in my moment at 13. That's what it is right now. Don't try to wrap your head around it or anything like that because it's just going to be so much and you're going to get overwhelmed. Yes. So we journal together, her and I journal together. That's something I started with her, mommy and daughter time where we, you know, write a few lines. Ain't a big book or a dissertation. Just write a few lines about how you feeling today. Um, I, you know, since her friends, um, I try to spend, I, I know we spend a lot of time together, but I want to spend more time when she wants to. So she, like today, she said, hey, mom, I'm ready to go school shopping. So that's going to be our evening. And yeah, well, I so, must commend you. I must commend you for tapping into that knowledge tapping into that place tapping into that responsibility of trying to be there for your child many many parents are not there for their kids oh get over it oh i can't believe you're still worried about that oh i mean mm -hmm. i know she's your friend but i mean you hadn't really spoken in two weeks anyway or trying to mm -hmm. rationalize it one way or the other so i applaud you for finding your daughter in there and, mm -hmm. and just you know what i mean mm -hmm. thank you Thank you. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And I, 
unfortunately, I had to go through those, the, my process to understand that shunning her pain off or shunning her grief process off, like what you were saying, oh, you're still thinking about that, oh, that you haven't talked to her in two weeks, because I do know as a child how that feels to feel like I'm not being heard, or how I feel doesn't matter, and I always teach all my kids, but especially my daughter right now, you are allowed to feel how you feel because that is your perspective, your reality. So like talking today, I'm going to still check on, I'm still going to be mom, right? <laughs> I'm going to still check on you, but just, you know, hey, that's just how you process. This is how you feel. Don't let myself, your dad, or anyone else in the world take that away from you. And that's isn't something that a I'm, song? Isn't that a song by Bruno Mars? Yeah. <laughs> today I don't feel like doing anything. And yes. <laughs> It is, it is, it is, it is. So, yeah. Wow. So, but you know what? All of this is going on around you. How are you doing? Honestly. Um, I am doing better today. Um, I do have my own outlet. You know, I like to say out there to the parents, entrepreneurs, you can pour to, into someone all day, but you need somebody to pour into you. Find your outlet. Amen. Find it. Because if you don't, that's where the burnout comes. That's where the breakdown comes. Panic attacks. Um, all types of things happen with your body because your body is talking to you. So I do have, I have a Reiki practitioner. <laughs> and I go to therapy once a week. So <laughs> I have the outlet that, that I need for me. So today I'm doing good. It is very hard to watch your children grieve. Very hard. This is not, I don't, I don't even have words to describe it because you're helpless. Believe it or not, you've done, you've said two things that are very, very important. Mm -hmm. As an African-American woman, mm -hmm. you finally, finally said the word therapy out. Yes. As you know, in our community, it's like therapy, what? Or, huh? Mm -hmm. eh? You got to go pray about it. Mm -hmm. Everything ends. Got to go pray or you're not praying enough. Forgetting that the one thing has nothing to do with the other. Or maybe yep. they do because it's the same person. But just because I'm praying doesn't mean I'm not going to hurt. Mm -hmm. You're the second exactly. person I'm saying this to today. Even Jesus Christ used to get in the boat and go away to, to a lonely place by himself. Mm -hmm. To rejuvenate. To get his own me time. So please. Don't tell me that story about, you know what I mean? Like in the yeah. community is like, yep. you're getting therapy. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You haven't been to church. You haven't been to church to sleep at the altar enough. You know, it's like, no. And that's why the stigma continues to be perpetrated in our community because mm -hmm. not everybody can handle that kind of criticism. And then they start hiding it. And then no one wants to talk. And mm -hmm. the problem is not going to get any better because it's there. Yep. Yes. And I want to piggyback on what you said, and I said this earlier um, in another podcast um, that I did. The, the verse says, prayer without works is dead, correct? So if you're telling me to pray, pray about it, we got to remember the work. God didn't put therapists and doctors and Reiki practitioners and all these wonderful people that have a gift. At the end of the day, a therapist and a doctor has a gift for us not to work on us on the outside because he's saying, I hear your prayer, but baby, I need you to work. So if therapy is the work, well, I still need some porn and I need an outlet. I need all types of stuff. 
in order for me to continue my purpose in life. And that's one thing in the black. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was going to say, I want you to say that again for those at the back. The fact that prayer with, no, prayer yes. without good work. That is true. And when you pray, ask God to send you the right people. Right people. Right yep. Because, you know, yeah. as you know, it's like a pair of shoes. That's what the other lady said today. You might have to try a couple of pairs before you find the one that fits right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, okay. I mean, some people get lucky. The first guy that they date, they marry. But a lot yes. of us, we had to date a few other people before we knew, okay, here's what we're looking for. And then we put that energy out there and then we mm-hmm. start looking for that person and then we get them. But I want the African-American community to hear from an African-American female. Yes. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel pain. Oh my goodness. But yes. it's not okay to say that way in the pretext that, oh, I'm black and I'm strong. Give me mm-hmm. a break, you know? Yes, yes. Now, now I, I will say this. In the midst, I'm going to talk about myself for a moment. From 2010 to 2012, I was strong. I was the, the black stronghold of uh, my black community something. In the midst of that, I lost my home. I lost my business. I almost lost my marriage. I lost my mind. And I had a panic attack that I thought I was dying. So strength and holding on is only good for so long. you got to be real with your journey, right? You... You can't hold all that weight. You can't. So that's why we got therapists, doctors, pray for sending you the right people to help you through because it's okay that you hurt. It's okay at this very moment, you don't know what to do because right now someone knows you don't know what to do, but you got to reach out to them because they've reached out to you and you, oh, I'm okay. My favorite saying is, it's okay to say you're not okay. I'm okay with that. Tell me you're not okay today. So I can make a trip to Austin or San Antonio to come check on you. Hey, you're letting me know that I need you right now. I am laughing my, I'm laughing my head off here because I feel like you know me. One of my favorite quotes is, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's a nice yep. rhyme and can add a little zinc to it. And it's easier said than done. Baby. done. It's mm-hmm. easier said than done. Yes. yes. Indeed. And I keep going back to Jesus only because, not because I'm that religious or that spiritual, but because I do know African-Americans speak Jesus. Jesus, yeah. About, about speaking Jesus is, it's okay. I speak Jesus too, but he gave us all of the, at least he said we can go out and find mm-hmm. all the resources that we need. Mm-hmm. You can't just stay in one place saying, oh, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. Of course, grief is very, very relative. What's going to break me may not break you. But Mm -hmm. that's why we should all know ourselves, know our bodies. And even your daughter, Mm -hmm. because her friend just died this way, she's at high risk. Yeah. Family members and close friends of people who died by suicide are at high risk. risk. So you can't even let your guard down where she's concerned Mm -hmm. now because wait, you know. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is when somebody ends up taking that road to a suicide, the two things that happened, first of all, they had unsurmountable stress. Mm-hmm. And second of all, they had, they were unable to cope with it. I was mm-hmm. suicidal. And it was, it was a combination of selling my practice, getting divorced, traveling across the country to join the Air Force, becoming a lieutenant colonel like overnight without mm-hmm. knowing what was, what was that about, having three children, being a single mom, all of that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take 
Mm-hmm. Now, the next person over will be fine. Oh, yeah, bring it. Oh, even bring in death of my cat. No, but I couldn't take that. And mm-hmm. that was enough for me to be suicidal for me. Mm-hmm. And I had yeah. to get help. And yes, I took medication. And mm-hmm. did it help? Yes, it helped. And I'm no longer on medication because with time, I got better. Time mm-hmm. heals wounds. But when you are at that dark place, I, all I want my podcast to do is for people to know that there is a dark place. Be prepared mm-hmm. for it. It's going to happen. And be prepared with, for what to do to bounce back because mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yes, the particular kind of dark place you're thinking about may not be the, the dark place they're going to have. It may be a different energy. I don't know. We don't know what it is that's going to test us. We just want to hope that when, if and when it happens, there are people there that will be supportive. There are people that will, you know, be there for us ultimately. And I know you said you're there for your daughter and it's important that there's someone that's there for you, like you said, so that's great. So other than that, as far as you go, because you had your sister, you had all the other things you listed, which are the confounding factors that usually do cause people to become suicidal. So were you ever depressed and or suicidal, ma'am? Depression, yes. Um, suicidal, no. Um, my depression started after my sister passed because really after my sister passed, my mother-in-law passed of cancer as well. So it's almost like year to the date. So what was happening in my home was we were what I call grief-stricken. Like we just moving. We, I don't know, it wasn't forward. It wasn't on. We just moving, just trying to maintain daily life, really. Yes. Because at the end of the day, we know jobs don't give us six months off. You get three days. And you go back to work. Some jobs offer therapy. Some jobs don't. My husband is a straight nine to fiver. He is not an entrepreneur. So, you know, he's dealing on his end. And I, at the time, was a full-time entrepreneur. So, you know, I could maneuver like I wanted to however but my child care business at the time was keeping me um distracted because then I don't have to deal you know I'm dealing with the kids that I have eight to 16 hours a day but I don't have to really deal with what's really going on that so depression depression you really you wore your mask very very well your oh yeah your face very well mm-hmm. I did I did it and Someone said something key to me a few years ago. They didn't know I was going through all of what I was going through after I had wrote my book um, with nine other authors. Um, Last year it came out. But he said, well, I didn't know that you were going through all that. When I seen you, you were smiling. You were cracking jokes. And I looked at him and I said, sir, the hurt, the most painful person walk around here happy every day. On, on surface, we look good. We got the yeah, makeup look at on. The story about about Robin Williams. I mean, yeah, he made everybody yeah. feel good. He made everybody yeah. feel good. Look at Anthony Bourdain. Everybody, including yes. me, wanted his job. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. travel to the exotic countries and trying some weird food. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> travel. <laughs> I'll travel you know? but yes. I had no idea what he was walking around with every day, every mm-hmm. single day. Wow. Yes. I can't wait for you to tell us about your book, though. I can't wait. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so <laughs> i tell you about it. Uh, From Grief to Grind. It came out last year, August. August is my birthday month, so I like to do things. Um, 
in order. And the number eight means abundance. So I was born in the eighth month in 1980. So here we are. Um, wow. It has um, eight women plus my bonus story. But I collaborated with eight authors. I talk about eight different types of grief, from divorce grief to codependency to losing a child. Um, there are three stories in there talking about suicide. Um, Dorsetta Clark Davis, she wrote about her son. He actually committed suicide. Um, her and her um, story. Even to this day, I cry because we just talked about the smile and how you're feeling. He was fine, and then he took his life. Wow. Wow. Um, so I am, uh, For Grief to Grind is on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, so please go uh, grab that. We have some powerful women, Hope March. She's so, well, Hope Marshall, I call her Hope March. She's so powerful. Um, she is the CEO of Corny Girls Chronicle. We got Nicole Redman, um, Phoenix J. Marai, um, Denisha. She's in there. Um, I'm having a brain freeze. We got Sherry, uh, Kyla, Dr. Kyla Nicole. She's out of Atlanta. She's actually a trauma coach. So those just to name a few that are in the book. And when I say that these women are more courageous than I can express. I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, so, yeah, we're on, we're on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles from Grief to Grind. That's that was my very first anthology. We've sold over three hundred copies. Wow. We're 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 so much about impact. It's we go to vending events, you know. Um, and there's nothing wrong with bestseller, but our thing with this book was impact. We want to impact somebody. And once a woman just came, to, just inboxed me on Instagram, she wanted to thank me for having someone write about codependency. And her name is Nicole Redman. And I and, and I'm a, like, that's a good point. That's something that most people don't think about because mm -hmm. you, you can't go here, you can't go there. You know yeah. what? I'm going to come from a selfish point of view yes ma'am I'm, I'm gonna need you to hook a sister up with all the all those fierce females <laughs> you're calling, just name dropping left right and girl i need to speak to them that's <laughs> kind of what my you know just kind of mm -hmm. co-work together because yeah it's kind of the same similar work that i'm doing with this podcast speaking to people i mean of course if, they, if they're ready yeah it sounds to me like if you've written a book you are pretty much ready to go public with your story so it's just an, another avenue yes to, to get their stories out there so I'm, I'm just asking on behalf of the listeners. Yes. <laughs> because you're dropping all their names. I mean, <laughs> you might as well ask, can we get a hold of oh, yeah. fierce females? Then I, I call them fierce because that's what we are. We are fierce yes. female freedom fighters. That's what we are. Boy, yes. And we are out there trying to put the, the word out, try to tell people our stories because you might have 3,000 people you speak to, but only one that needed to mm hear -hmm. you. And that, yep. that one is plenty. Yes. Ap Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And they do podcast interviews. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely. And, and that's just the first book. The second anthology comes out in October called Where Did I Go? And it talks about the loss of self and relationship. Wow. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> wow. And subject. Yeah. 
Amen. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. All yep. right. Well, so we are here um, at the point where I normally ask you, how do you cope? And I know you've kind of touched on it by journaling with your daughter. That's one. But what about yourself? How did you cope by yourself? I don't think you mentioned that because your sister's thing happened and your mother-in-law's thing happened way before your daughter's thing happened last month. Okay. So how did you cope and how did you crawl or, or claw your way out of that? For me, I crawled and I clawed. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Thinking. How did you do it? What, what did the magic for you without trivializing it a little bit? What, what, how did you find peace and center yourself and, and how come we still have you? Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had to do something so unconventional that even now my parents look at me and say, wow. So I was born in Racine, Wisconsin. Me and my husband both, we were raised in the same church. We've known each other since we were age eight. And after my mother-in-law passed away, my husband looked at me and he said, we gotta go. I'm like, where are we going? Because now I'm semi thinking, well, my mom and dad are here. I'm just supposed to leave them. But according to being a wife, right, the husband is the head and you're supposed to, you know, follow. I'm just giving you the whole Hashtag root. Hashtag root. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we got to leave. Where are we going? He looked at me again and he said, honey, I can't stay here. I said, all I did, I said, okay. That night I called my parents. I said, we're going to move. Cause that's the only way we can grieve. We can't grieve because here. Because remember, he just lost his mother. Mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mm-hmm. just lost his mother, and I do not blame him. You know, he wanted yeah. to run away from that because he couldn't get far yeah. enough. And yeah. he part of the grief reaction, just yes. to get away. When I got after I got divorced, I cut my long, beautiful dreadlocks. I needed to do something. I just wanted to get rid of something, and I, I was my yes. hair, my hair yes. was burnt, and I cut it all off and was mm-hmm. down to zero hair. And yes. I got, I, I could breathe finally, you know? Yes, yes. And then I joined uh, the Air Force and I was like, the joined the Air Force, I hit uniform. Oh, well. Bring oh, me well. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you know, it's like just the most extreme thing. And now mm-hmm. I realize it was part of grieving my, my, my divorce. Yes, yes. Um, so I called my parents. Of course, they didn't believe anything I was saying. Um, my husband and I prepared to move in six months. And we left everything we knew. All our family stays up there. We don't know anything else. So we moved to Texas. Wait, you're in Texas Some pe- with me? I am. What? Where are you? <laughs> Girl, I, I'm in Colleen. I'm up Fort Hood by Fort Hood. Right you're down the street. Out of town. You're like an hour and a half away from me. I, I am. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> Yeah, but you, know, um, you don't know me, though. You don't know me. You think I'm one of those people that you need to meet. I'm like, I'll be in your house. Like, I'm a, I'll be like, Mom, there's a lady with an African accent. That's me. Like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, we need to meet, and then I don't. I'm, right, I'm absolutely. Before you know what, what happened. Before yeah. the clock strikes 12, she's like, Mom, there's a lady with an African accent. She <laughs> told me she was going to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I, look, we definitely going to have to do that. I'm all down. And San Antonio is one of my favorite cities. So I, I yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But right. yes. So we end up moving to Texas. Um, the best. 
decision we made was to leave everything we knew. Hands down. I love it. Yes. And this, and that's six years ago, we've been here six years. That's um, when we both started our grieving process, our way. I started, I started to write again because I had stopped. Uh, my husband, oh my God, he's so purposeful in his work. It's crazy. He loves his job, but it's like, that's what he's supposed to be doing. You know, like that's, that's it. Um, my kids, oh, they have grown tremendously. I got a senior, well, I'm sorry, he has now graduated high school. So in two and a half, three weeks, he will be going to college. My oldest baby, Yay! we had him. Yeah, we had him um, when we were kids, per se. We were young and young. So <laughs> that's our baby, you know, like that's the child that grew up with us. Um, however, it has been such a blessing to be able to do that. Six months, pick up, go, we done. Like we were done. <sighs> so when I was in Wisconsin, my coping would be making sure everyone is okay. I couldn't, I, 2013 is when we just left. And me taking miller steps, that's what I call it, the miller steps to, to my process, man. Walking, I'm, I love nature, water, walking, um, and really talking out loud and being able to scream at the top of a hill. And any of listeners that are listening have never been to Texas, we got some hills somewhere. <laughs> where you can stand and scream you can say that again wow. yeah. I'm so happy you're just dropping nuggets after nuggets and the, the, the fact that you discovered I'm, I'm an outdoors person I, I love nature mm -hmm. I have bad knees because I'm 50 but I love nature and I'll be outdoors in a minute the, the bugs will get you in Texas man they will <laughs> just, just get your bug spray and just keep on trucking you know mm-hmm mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. So what are you what are you doing now? So you've got the two books under your belt. Congratulations, by the way. Thank awesome. you. You've got the kids doing well, well-rounded children. That's that's kind of what, the kind of kids I like to bake. Well yes. <laughs> and then of course you you seem to be doing okay. And you know what? With all due respect to your daughter, this too shall pass. Is is what I will say to the two of you. You need each other. Thank God you have each other. It's a very very good place to be because. I'm sure there are many people who know this child that, that died. Mm -hmm. that may or may not have, you know, the mom called Andrea A. Moore. So I'm, yes. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Is there Thank anything you. else um, you wanted to touch on? Because usually I want to ask, I want to ask um, if you have a favorite quote or a favorite book or a favorite thing that you do. Mm -hmm. So besides in your own case, I guess. Yes. Writing your own book, your own soon to be bestseller. Yeah. Do you have yes. anything that you do that you can tell us that, you know, this is kind of what I do besides walking, any favorite, uh -huh. book, any favorite book, any favorite activity besides walking? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so my favorite all-time book, um, and when I tell people this, they're like, what? <laughs> um, it's To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. No way. Yes. That is my favorite. Like, I, yeah. You know. know, because I, I'm one of those people that I can't watch scary movies. I can't watch, I couldn't yes. even watch freaking Chucky. I didn't watch it, none of that. I can't finish that book, that movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love my Sydney. God bless yes. him. I love him to pieces. I can't even watch the movie. I can't. I just, I will be dreaming about it for days and weeks. Days. And weeks. Mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. do it. 
some more yes. power to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, that's okay. So I didn't read the book first and then watch the movie. I watched the movie first and then read the book. For um, me, yes. So for me, it was so many messages in there. I went to a private school and I was the only black kid. So I wanted that movie showed me I can do whatever it is I need to do in life. That movie taught me about community. It taught me about so many other things. I can go on and on about that book. Um, <laughs> um, because in that community of going to a private school, it was just me. I didn't know that I could collectively be a community with everyone around me. If that makes sense as a kid, because I watched it at booty? 10. Were you I was. Oh yeah, because I was black. I can't imagine. That's key. Yeah. That's, that's, that's key. It's almost like you need to be bullied. It's like it's a, a rite of passage. Oh, you didn't get bullied uh. yet, or oh, it's coming. Like see that? <laughs> right. Yes. Um. So yes. So that's my favorite book. My favorite thing to do outside of what I mentioned is is to watch Law and Order and Chicago PD. Another thing I don't watch, Law and Order, I can't handle it. <laughs> I just can't yeah. handle it. Call me. Yeah. I'll, I'll just fine. No, out. it's okay. It's, I, I, I'm watching enough. <laughs> Listen, I'm watching enough for both of us, so don't. I know that's don't. <laughs> But I'm, I'm more like your daughter. I, I cry like mm-hmm. TVs. I cry when they're singing. I cry when I'm. I'm yeah. Just, I'm a big old cry baby. But, I, and, here's the, and here's the thing. I I am the same way, like, in that retrospect, like, I can watch a, a movie or a show, because we do movie nights, my kids love movies, and I can watch something, and me and my daughter are boohooing, and everyone's, the boys and my husband are like, it's a movie, but for us, we know <laughs> this is happening somewhere, you know what I mean, like, this is, even though this is a movie, we know that this is happening in real life, so yeah. we feel so like emotional about it and that i mean that's just who we are so i'm i'm that way but i'm a t- another tip i want to say something that i do i watch shows and then i write about them so if chicago pd is showing about this kidnapping i will actually wait about 24 hours and then write about it what did i learn from that nice very nice very deep. so that's, very deep. that's yeah one. yeah that's um one. so and that's more for me to keep up with my writing skills and then for me to think deeper than what i'm seeing on tv i love that i love that mm-hmm. i love it i think you're probably the first person i've heard that ever said that i love yes. it i like to write a lot but i don't even with all my claim to writing <laughs> i haven't done that but i <laughs> I could see myself doing that if I could just get that 25th hour in the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Miss Andrea A. Moore. You got three yes. names. We're talking about people who have single names. She got three names. You have I, do. Joy I do. I do. I have. And Thank you. The interview. We had no dull moments. And you know what? It's one of my dreams. When I said, I want to talk about suicide and it's going to be fun. I, I, it's never, I don't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not trying to ridicule it because before I decided to do this podcast, I could not find anyone like me who was doing a podcast all about suicide. Suicide, yeah. But 
I do believe that life is for the living and we Mm -hmm. must live it out loud. And so if you're here, if my suicide podcast is all about the dreary, dark sadness, and then I don't want someone to get off my podcast and then go and jump off the cliff. I want them to laugh and feel life and hopefully feel my passion with all my croaky hoarseness in my voice. I want them to hear that I'm still all about life and living. Mm -hmm. You have, you have hopefully you and I today to whoever yeah. listens to this episode because I call them episodes, but really they are pages because it's a yes. page you're writing mm-hmm. in our podcast. I hope whoever listens to our your page today can hear our collective love and zest mm-hmm. for life because while we're still alive, we have to tap into the goodness in it. Yes, in as much as it's bad. You want me to tell you? Want me to tell you really how I feel? Really, all the list of things. How much time do you have? However, we still have to embrace life and mm-hmm. embrace it to the fullest because that's what we're asked to do, to mm-hmm. touch others. So thank you so much, Miss Andrea A. Moore, for sharing your, your afternoon with us. And, and, and I'm going to come see you or you're going to come see me. Or we're <laughs> in yes, Austin, absolutely. In absolutely. Austin or something. Is that Austin or, or Round Rock? Is it Round Rock? Oh, Round yeah, Round Rock. Yeah. I stay that's up there at the outlet. <laughs> Yeah, that's about an hour and some change from me. That's about an hour and some change from me, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. So yes. y'all heard it first on this podcast. <laughs> Dr. Lulu and Andrea Amor, we're going to have a meetup. And it's going to happen because this yes. thing is also to reach out to people. But also, it's relationships that we're forming, planting seeds. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who we're going to touch. So thank you from the bottom ah, of my heart. On behalf of everyone so whose daughter has lost a friend. Who, who has lost a sister? Who has been through what you've been through and back? I want yes. to say thank you. Thank oh, you so much. Unless, of you. course, you have more to say. Because what I've said is I've kind of volunteered all my guests now. I know okay. there's more to this story. So I'm already <laughs> volunteering you. You're going to come back for page two. And page okay. Three, and okay. Yes, and page four. <laughs> and yes. that's really kind of good. But before we do that, can you tell the, the listeners, where can we find you? I know you said your book is on Amazon, but where yes. else can we find you, you Andrea? Um, a mom yes. out there who has a child out there who wants to reach out to you. Besides yes. your book, where can they find you? Where can you reach out? Yes. So my website is andreaamore.co. Um, you can reach out to me there. Um, and that is actually so not my .com, people. Not .com, but .com. .co. Okay. AndreaAmore.co. For those on their phones, it's .co. .co. It's .co. Yes, AndreaAmore.co. Um, you can find me on Facebook at From Grief to Grinds. Um, on Instagram, From Grief to Grinds. And I have my personal brand. I am Andrea A. Moore on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. So is this, is this from Grace to Grind, is that a group? Is that a Facebook group? That is actually a brand. So the book is called From Grief to Grind. Um, what I did not know is God said it was supposed to be a brand. Um, and here we are. We do have products. We got t-shirts, God, Grief, and Grind. Truth, Growth, and Renewal is what the t-shirt says. We have journals. They're 8 by 11. They're big. Um, those are $12. You can find all that on my website. 
you'll see everything I said on on my website. But I did not give you my favorite quote, so I would like to end Please, with that, I Dr. Lulu. Yes. <laughs> so my favorite quote is actually a quote from myself. It is a quote that, um, as I held my sister's hands on June 13th, came to me. And the minute it came to me, something came all over me. And the quote is, I never knew the value of life until you took your last breath. Wow. That is profound. Mm -hmm. That is profound. Wow. Yes. So that Usually is... I, I'd, like to, I'd like to quote the people who, are, who I'm also interviewing. And I think, let me see if I can find, I found a quote that you said, something you said during the interview. Hold on. Okay. So my quote from you for today is, I had to do something so unconventional that my parents said, wow, I love it. I love it. Yes. I yes. love it. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, ma'am. You're like, you're like a breath of fresh air. Like well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to us to another page in our book called Suicide Pages. Thank you, Ms. Andrea Amor, for the work that you do, for what you're doing in, 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 and helping people, helping souls, helping families, helping parents especially, and of course, helping their children. And indeed, you cannot give of yourself from a place of empty. So you have to be full. So you must be full of it, and that's why you're able to, to share. And for that, yes. I thank the Lord for his blessings over you. I know we're going to see each other again. I know we're going to see oh, yeah. and meet Mary. And um, I'm going to see you again on this podcast. So that's it for now. People, thank you all so much for, hang for hanging out with us. This is Dr. Lulu and Ms. Andrea Amor saying ciao, Bella. I'll see you all later. Bye.